It should come as no surprise that there are some really amazing people in the ServiceNow ecosystem. And a few weeks ago, I heard another outstanding story about a young man who got his CSA cert at age 16. Now, he's a little older and a little wiser. I said to myself, we must have him on Breakpoint. Welcome to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow developer podcast. Hello, ServiceNow admins, builders, developers, and of course, all the curious individuals that I say with the utmost love and respect, welcome to or welcome back to Breakpoint, the ServiceNow developer podcast, where we bring you the latest tools, tips, and tradecraft to accelerate your career. And with me as always is the one and only Lauren McManaman. How are you, Lauren? Uh, Other than a couple of delayed flights last night, I am doing just fantastic. Glad to be back in Dallas. Hopefully nobody has delayed flights when it comes to knowledge. Absolutely. (laughs) We want to see everybody there, but we're not here to talk about knowledge. That's coming up in another episode. And we had one in the last episode. So go back and listen if you want to hear about what's exciting about CreatorCon. And we'll be doing our survival guide soon, too. Or maybe you're listening to this after knowledge and you're already preparing for knowledge 24. Like I said, we're not here to talk about knowledge. We're talking about a young man who's got his, he's the youngest certified CSA and CAD to date that we're aware of, Yusuf Mahmoud Ramadan Hashan. We're just going to call you Yusuf for the this show. How are you today? I'm good. I'm really happy to be with you today. Yeah, I'm really excited for this. Yeah, let's do it. We're excited to have you here. This is, this is our honor. Absolutely. Well, always before we begin, we like to get to know a little bit more about all of our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself before we dive into all the ServiceNow specifics. All right. So I'm Yusuf Mahmoud Ramadan. I am 19 years old right now. I um, live in Egypt, in Giza. Like the, the, the pyramids, Giza. Yeah, yes. The, the, where the three pyramids are. Yeah. I think everybody can picture that now. Yeah. And... Um, I am first year at college, like. Um... So tell us, so aside from being a first year college student located in Giza, which I actually had the tremendous pleasure of visiting really recently, uh, beautiful, beautiful city and country. I would love to go back. Uh, what brought you to discover ServiceNow? Like it's, I, I actually was introduced to ServiceNow pretty soon after college as well, but it's not a typical thing to hear a 16 year old say, Hey, I'm really interested in business software. So how did you come across it? All right. So it all started with me um, when I was a kid. My dad was a software engineer. So he uh, he wants me, of course, to be one as well. And he was uh, teaching me when I was young uh, the basics of programming using Python because Python is really easy and everybody can use it. And um I started to figure out like what is uh, uh, the core fundamentals of programming, which I really think really uh, are really essential for some people because some people still don't know the essentials. But all right, um, then I uh, learned HTML, CSS, and web developing in general and JavaScript. Uh, and he was a certified ServiceNow admin um, at the time, and he was uh, like. Uh, uh, he found ServiceNow as a really good uh, platform, and he he wanted me to learn it. And he he was just trying it simple with me at first. He didn't like this is ServiceNow. We have to go and learn it. No, he was uh, he took he took it like one by one, and then he he was showing me the platform uh, as 
as simple as possible like at first and of course he has he had to um and uh, teach me the what is service management in general first before before the before he taught me about service now he had to tell me what's an incident a problem a change a request and all of that and he did that with uh, with an uh, anatomies or like uh saying stuff that uh, that i already know like i used an example a really good example as a, a restaurant uh, because the restaurant gives you a service uh some problems happens in the in the back end uh like incidents and if that problem grows really big it's a problem now and if you need to fix it we need to make a change so yeah it, it the anatomy really really helped me to understand what is service management in general and then uh, he taught me about service now then uh, 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 we needed, of course, to also know what this database is because ServiceNow is really heavily dependent on databases. And he used another anatomy for this, which was uh, a school, because school has a lot of relationships between, like, uh, what we say as a database or a table. Like, for example, a list of all the students is a table, and the list of all teachers is a table, and the list of all classes is a table. And there is relationships between those. Like a teacher can have multiple students, and uh, multiple students can have multiple teachers. So this is a many-to-many -many uh, relationship. And like for example, if we say a disk, one disk in a in a class is related to one student, and one student uh, only only sits on one disk. So this is a one-to-one -one relationship, and um, a class can have many students. But one student can only have one class. Like they don't go to multiple classes. So this is a one to many. This is like the, this anatomy really, really helped me to understand what are tables and databases in general, because ServiceNow really heavily relies on this. So then I really like when I actually then go to ServiceNow, I found it really not that hard to learn because it I already know this stuff like these those concepts. Um, so and and uh, then he started to step it up and then teach me like um, I took a course the fundamental service now fundamentals course in now learning and uh, then I actually found it not that hard as well because uh, as I said the anatomies um, but of course I didn't do it like in like one week uh, of course it took me a lot of time and actually a lot of revisioning and all that uh, but then uh, when I like start to be confident enough. I then went to take the exam. I took an, uh, but before the exam, I took an uh, an instructor lit course uh, to uh, to get the voucher. So then, when I got the voucher, I, I went to exam. Yeah, but uh, then I uh, uh, like one of the like things I found that I'm really good at is I am good at coding or something, anything that's leading to scripting and writing code, I really, I'm really good at that. So I, I was interested into being a developer as well, not, not just an administrator. And then uh, I had to learn the ServiceNow uh, uh, JavaScript, the JavaScript in ServiceNow and the APIs that ServiceNow uses. Uh, so I took the course of uh, the Chuck Tomasi made the JavaScript course. <laughs> so and it really really helped me uh, like understanding how <clears throat> JavaScript is written in ServiceNow because it's a course different from the one in browsers and HTML. So 
then I took the Mark Miller course in Udemy. It, it was actually one of the best as well, just like uh, Chuck's. And then I uh, also uh, took a voucher. Uh, this time, like uh, it was given as a gift to my dad. Uh, so I, I and he also said, like, why not give it to, like, to me, like, uh, and as an opportunity to give it, uh, like, the to get into the exam. And then I took it. I, I actually failed the first time. Not gonna lie. But then, uh, yeah, I, I then took the service now. Uh, the developer in uh, course in in the developer service now site the learning path i believe uh, and it uh, then uh, i started to see uh, like stuff i didn't know before like studio and uh, um something in, in the applications them, themselves like an application settings that those stuff i actually didn't know about but uh, yeah then when i realized they are important i of course learned them in the course and then i Took the exam again, and uh, fortunately, I, I was succeed, uh, successful the second time. Huge congratulations to you. Yeah, thank you. First of all, I think we might need to make a blog post about all these really phenomenal metaphors. <laughs> I love, yeah, I love the metaphors. Yeah, they would help even people internally at our company understand what we do at times. Um, but I think that's also a huge testament to learning about that you, uh, you don't have to pass your CSA and CAD on the first try. Many yes. of my friends were in a very similar boat. So to everyone out there, do not feel inadequate at all because it's just a pathway to success. It is meant to be a challenging test so that when you do earn it, it means something very significant. So humongous congratulations to you for earning both. Thank you. Yeah, and I think really... Failing, people always look at failing as really bad. Like it's not good to fail. No, it's it's actually like a step further. Now, now that you failed, you actually learned something. You didn't. You you just didn't stood there and not done nothing. You you actually went uh, ahead. And then when you fail again, you you now learn more wiser or know more. Then you will succeed one day. But but like, you, don't, you don't have to do it the first time every time. Yusuf, you are wise beyond your years. That is something a lot of people don't learn is learn from your mistakes. I, yes. I joke with people and they say, how did you get to be so smart? I said, well, if they, if you learn from your mistakes, it means I've made a lot of mistakes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's, that's correct. Yeah. You, you can't take failure as, oh my gosh, I'm never going to try it. I, I have an experience in my past where I failed an exam four times before passing it on the fifth attempt. Oh, yeah. I won't get into the details here, but you're right, Lauren. It is something special when you do finally get that. Uh, and, and you learn from every experience, and that's what it takes. So you are you are a smart man. And I, I, going back to the metaphors, I love that your dad put it in terms that you understand. You were yes. in school. So he didn't, he didn't come up with, you know, incident management, problem management, and <laughs> users and groups, and all the things that we typically think of for many-to-many -many relationships, that kind of thing. He gave it to you in a language you understand. And, mm. and I think I've told this story about my grandmother when she was in her 90s and said, what's the difference between hardware and software? Yeah, I, she didn't have any concept of this. This was, you know, 30 years ago or so. Mm -hmm. So I told her in a language she understood. She came from a music background. She played piano. She taught piano lessons. And I used the analogy of a player piano. And I said, the piano, the keys, the soundboard, the pedals, that is your hardware. It doesn't change. The scrolls you put into a player piano are the software. You can interchange it to make different music come out. That's effectively what the software is for a computer. It's instructions to tell it what notes to play. And she went, oh, I get it. So you know, think about your audience 
when you're telling somebody something that is completely out of their, you know, their, their frame of reference to try and put it into the frame of reference and, and it will resonate. So it obviously worked for you. I'm going to go back to the intro a little bit. When you're not working on ServiceNow, and it sounds like you've been working very, very hard on this, mm-hmm. what do you enjoy doing outside of ServiceNow? And don't don't give me my answer of I work more on ServiceNow. Oh, <laughs> okay. Um, I enjoy playing like uh, video games, actually. like Of course, I'm still a kid, okay? Absolutely. <laughs> I, yeah, okay. And um, I also enjoy like smart uh, uh, or challenging games like chess. I really like chess. And um, sometimes I read books like um, there are some good books out there. Like I, I really enjoy reading novels. Of course, they are in Arabic because uh, that's my main language. But uh, there's also one book in, in particular I would really like to suggest that a lot of people, I think it really will help a lot of people. It's the Seven Habits of Highly Effective uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, Teenagers. Stephen you Covey. Yep. Yeah, okay, yeah, it's really, really good. Like, it actually changed my like my my vision of life entirely. And it's one of those books that is good to go back and reread every few years. Because yeah, exactly. I, I, there's nuggets in there that you didn't pick up the first time. Absolutely. Yeah, and it's full of stories. Uh, really good to enjoy and uh, uh, like uh, a really good experience to just read. Like, uh, Again, wise beyond your years. Wow, he discovered this in his teens. I didn't discover that until I was in my 30s. I know, but I will say I'm sitting here thinking I really empathize with him about the video games part because all I can think of is how one of the biggest games of the year comes out on the day we leave for knowledge, and that's going to be a problem. (laughs) (laughs) Obviously, we've been talking a lot about how much you have learned about ServiceNow and kind of the the books and and the philosophies that kind of back that up. But when you see something new to learn on ServiceNow, uh, where do you specifically go? Like, where are the best places for people that are wanting to follow your path can get this information? Yeah, sometimes if there's a particular thing that I'm trying to look for, I go and search that uh, for in the uh, community, the ServiceNow community. It, it, this is a really good place uh, to, to learn, uh, like, from best experiences. Like, uh, if someone is asking something, you might find it. Uh, if you are asking something, you might find someone else is asking the same question. So you will find the answer there, yeah. And um, sometimes I go to the documentation themselves if uh, also I want to try something that's too de- detailed or something that's really like not a lot of people would think of. And sometimes I just go wild and go to my BDI and test something I'm curious about, like and just try it myself. Yeah, and um, sometimes just search in Google and find different resources on websites, like, yeah, just randomly. I'm adding another link to the list. You're you're filling up our show notes with wonderful resources. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Now, I also understand you're trying to get your younger brother, Ali, interested in service now. We we had a little bit of a chat a f- couple of weeks ago. How's that going? Yeah, Ali is now... Um... He's almost actually like uh, able to go to the exam. He already has his voucher and he already uh, uh, learned a lot of concepts of service now. And he, actually sometimes he, I just bring him and he helps me like just like as if he was certified already. I just say this myself. Yeah. And but, but the problem is now he's um, at, at the last year of his high school. So this is a really important year, of course. And sure. he has to like study for now. He's focusing, he's focusing on his studies. 
And uh, when he finishes, he will, of course, get back to his journey at, at service now and will, he's going to take the exam. Yeah. But he's doing really good. Yeah. The whole family affair. You got the father, you got two sons. <laughs> it's a generational business. <laughs> any, any other family members you need to get on board? Oh, uh, yeah, the, the rest is still too young. <laughs> like, Fair uh, enough. Obviously, like I said, I started ServiceNow, I believe I was around 23 or 24. So it's been a couple of years at this point. However, even at that point in time, whenever I'd bring up the concept of ServiceNow to like my friends or stuff, it would kind of sometimes be a blank slate of really understanding what I was saying. Um, so what do your friends think about your choice? You know, what are you showing them? What are you telling them? Uh, how are they uh, warming up to this idea of this brand new career path for you? Uh, actually, my friends are the same as yours. <laughs> they <laughs> Sometimes they don't understand what I say. They just know it's something related to software engineering and that's it. They don't know they're exactly the same. Um, but actually, right now, when I uh, when I got certified, I starting to actually find a lot of people like that, uh, that are interested in this, young people also, and they... Um, uh, they also say like they can, they they want to learn from from this and you want to they want to actually become also certified as well or not exactly in service now but in other stuff but yeah if they actually go and I I want to really help them and if if they uh, want uh, to be uh, like very big I would suggest service now to them as well like if they want to be like really. Uh, have a really good future, I would say. Like it's really good for uh, if they want to go to service now. Yeah, he's already marketing. You see that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that that's you know you, that brings up a good point that you know when your friends ask you what you do. I just had this discussion yesterday with a gentleman at church, and he said, "What do you do?" And I said, "I'm a software developer advocate." And he he kind of looked at me with that puzzled look. I said, "You got the first two words right, software developer." <laughs> <laughs> and then worked from there. So I, it, it's an important lesson that everybody who's listening to this podcast should know is how do you explain what you do? And if you can catch them with a hook, uh, mm. you know, not even the title, because a lot of times titles are meaningless to a lot of other people outside your industry. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you can say something like, I make the world better. Yeah, and they go, oh, really? Tell me more. Now you've got them. <laughs> yeah, oh, really? How do you do yeah. that? Right. <laughs> you know, my, my tagline is, I learn, I share, and I change people's lives. They go, okay, that sounds intriguing. Tell me more. Man, you do work in marketing, don't you, Chuck? That's a great tagline. <laughs> I have never had a marketing class in my life. It's all on the job <laughs> in the last few years. So if you can find a way to express what you do in a simple, clear message, you know, I think Bill McDermott is the pinnacle of, of getting these things refined and defined to get people on board, then you can connect. And once you've connected, then you can have a conversation. Uh, because if, if you turn them off in the first three words, I'm a software developer advocate. They go, mm, that's nice. Uh, I'm going back to so, reading my whoa, magazine. Cool story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. <laughs> yeah, get the attention first, then understand, right. uh, tell them more. Yeah. Talking about your career, we've, we've talked about how you get started and where you learn more information. What are your career aspirations? Where do you see yourself in the next three to five years or, or beyond that? So for right now, um, I'm already working uh, like with uh, as, as a, a freelancer and I am working with a U.S. Uh, company, actually. Um, 
but like after three years, uh, I I would say I'm trying to sharpen my skills at ServiceNow. Like uh, the stuff I'm really good at, I'm trying to be even better at. Like uh, as I said, coding. Uh, I want to learn uh, more uh, like about Java because I, I I heard that that's what what's uh, what what ServiceNow is made of or the, like the core platform, and. Um, I want to also learn new stuff about ServiceNow. Like I'm already trying to learn the CMDB of ServiceNow, the the service of uh, service uh, ITS uh, ITO operation management. Yeah, and yeah, I, I would say, I think that that's at least what I know right now. Of course, I would uh, as I go, I would put more targets out there, and as I learn more, I would like put them on my way. Like uh, it's, it's not exactly that I have to know everything I have to do right now. I'm just building them as I go. Well, it seems like you've got a long list of stuff that you're working on. So. As, as far as where this path has led you, obviously, as ServiceNow becomes more of a mainstream brand, there might even be younger people possibly one day that are going to become certified or following in your footsteps. Is there anything that you would say to them? Or is there anything uh, that you think about that possibly happening? Yeah, I was wondering, <laughs> what happens when somebody says, I was certified at 15 or 14? You're, yeah. you're going to be dethroned, buddy. What do you say to that? <laughs> Um, so of, I, I, the feeling of like being uh, the youngest right now, like is really good. Like I, I, I'm, I'm not gonna lie, I'm feeling good. But I actually want people to feel the same. I don't want to be the only one that feels like this. So if if I like one day I hear someone say like I, this guy got certified at 16, I want to do that at 15. In fact, I would be more than happy to help them. I, I really would like for someone to to feel the same and like. And, and like, just I want to treat them how I would like to be treated. Like, I, I, if I was him, I would really like someone to help me get there and see my dream as actually something that's possible. And um, I, I, that's how I want to treat them as well. I want, I, I really want to help them to be there. Like, if you actually want to become younger than me as a certified, I would be there. I would, here's my hand. Yeah, you can take it. Of course, yeah. You just bring, bring me a message and I will help you. You have a very Jesse Jesse Owens mindset. Once people knew they could break the four minute mile, that was it. Kind of opened the floodgates, and but it's always been a supportive community. So it's it's wonderful to hear you talk about it like that. I have two daughters. Would you be my son? <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Speaking of of fathers, we spoke to your father. He is very proud of you as he should be. And uh, he's yeah. even mentioned that you've solved some ServiceNow problems that some of his senior members of his team couldn't. Uh, give us your thoughts on that. Yeah, the the problems were more like uh, at the complex part in coding. Like, as I said, that's what I'm really good at. And uh, some anything that's containing like uh, coding uh, part in ServiceNow, like a business rule or a script include something like this, uh, I found myself actually like knowing how to solve this. So even, uh, like, as if I already have a lot of experience, I don't know how I do that, but that's what I'm good at. So when my dad faced one day uh, a problem that was related to coding, I uh, I was helping him with this. I already said, oh, you have to do this. And, and, and he was like, oh my God, like really? Was that all the problem the whole time? Yeah. So yeah, that's about that story. <laughs> 
So I guess one of my final questions for you, Yusuf, is, you know, if there are people potentially listening to this podcast that are feeling inspired by your story, that haven't even maybe taken a step yet towards becoming a ServiceNow developer, do you have any advice for where they should start? Like what their first step should be? Uh, so the first tip that I would do uh, if I would to start again, and uh, I, I think I want everyone to do this, is to break your big goal into smaller goals. Don't just like say, I want to be a system administrator. And, and then like, where, what do I do now? Like, you, you're just, that's really big. You can't just do it. You have to break it to smaller parts. You have to like, first of all, search where the resources you're going to learn from. Then know like, what are the like milestones? That's really good. Like, if you if you make milestones of where you're going, it will really like, you're sort of building a path where you want to go. You're not just wandering around here and there until you get there. No, you're, you're making a straight path. And uh, also if like for one day you uh, like... Um, stop and then you came back like a year later you, you will still know where where you were in that path you're not just like oh my god i have to start all over again no you're you already like know where you were last time so yeah that's the biggest advice i, I would say is to break your big goal into smaller goals and and uh, to to like really small goals to the to the, to the party where you uh, know what to do in one day, like maybe just study for one hour, uh, at, like uh, a course. That's it. That that's really good, uh, uh, like uh, milestone or not not milestone, but break a small goal. That's very good small goal. Yeah. Nineteen years old, listener. Do you hear this? <laughs> I I wish I knew this much about business and productivity and service. Now when I was nineteen. That's advice you just gave me, Chuck, while we're planning all this knowledge stuff when I was starting to get overwhelmed. It's like, you need to break things down into smaller pieces. <laughs> and, and before we turn on the microphones and hit record, uh, I asked you more in a context of production, but you went straight for the, uh, straight for the technical. I, and, and I swear I'm going to reformat this show around this question that has never <laughs> been asked what <laughs> questions do you have for us today? Uh, the question is, I, um, wh what are your thoughts about the core service now itself? Like how the platform is built behind the scenes or like how it does stuff in the core, like heart of service now, like where the code actually happens. Uh, because I wanted to uh, uh, one day I wanted I want to make like a platform that is similar to ServiceNow, not no, not not ServiceNow itself, of course, but something that uh, a lot of people can build stuff on top of, like just like ServiceNow, like a platform that's there for people to make stuff on top. So yeah, what what what, what do you think about that? Like he's not messing around. <laughs> no, no punches pulled. I love this. This is great. Guy is serious. You know, I want to make my own platform now. That's awesome. That's awesome. Uh, the the advice I've got, having built a system similar to ServiceNow, if you think about it just from a ticketing system, is the underlying architecture is extremely important. You need yep. to have an idea of what, like you said before, what is your ultimate goal? What is the outcome that you're after? And then how do you backend engineer that the best you can 
There, it's tough to future-proof these things. You, you already know that our platform has Java code underneath, although customers are not exposed to that except through the JavaScript APIs. Those are simply calling JavaScript function or Java functions on the back end. Uh, I would strongly suggest having a data-driven model like we've got, where everything's in a table. You don't you don't really interact on a command line with ServiceNow or have to compile something uh, from the from the customer or partner's perspective, a, di- a strong data dictionary is very important for defining what are the fields and what are the types, uh, especially uh, if, if you want to make this a database agnostic. If you, if you start writing SQL code in your Java code, you're going to tie yourself to a platform that's probably going to be deprecated in five to 10 years, and then you're stuck. So having those layers of abstraction between the database and the API between the API and uh, you know the UI, et cetera, so that you're not tightly coupled to these different modalities. Uh, we've discovered this a number of times along the way. We started out our UI framework with Jelly, and then we brought in Service Portal, which was Angular JS, and both of those, you know, got multiple revisions and then left by the wayside. And it's like, what do we do to keep this from getting stale, from getting old, so that we can insulate ourselves from that underlying technology? There may be things you're going to discover later on that you go, gee, I wish I would have. Uh, abstraction can help with a number of that. I remember asking David Liu, yeah, the David Liu, who is one of the founding forefathers of ServiceNow, if no. you could change one thing in the platform, what would it be? And he said, I wish I'd put millisecond timing in the logs so that when you see the messages yeah, uh, when you sort the syslog system log, you can sort it by more than just one second of resolution. Like, yeah, that would have been nice because you know you get into a loop that spits out, you know, a for loop that goes, "Hey, I'm going to spit out ten things," and it comes out not in the numbers you expected. But hmm, what happened there? So, yeah, it, 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 there's there's going to be things where you look back and go, "Gee, I wish I had known this ahead of time." There's there's only so far that can take you, but experience is a wonderful thing. I would even say. You know, start playing around with ideas today of how you would build that and see what kinds of, where that leads you. It, it may lead you down some other ideas to cause you to re-architect it. But if, you've, if, you've, if you haven't released it to anybody, so you can change the APIs anytime you want it, until you feel like it's in a comfortable situation where, hey, I've got this on board, then bring in a few trusted colleagues, get their feedback, uh, understand when, when you get new team members with new perspectives, they're going to open your eyes to things that you never would have seen. That's something I'm constantly reminded of every day in my current role is this person brings a new perspective and I would not have thought about that. And the, the overall solution is greater than what I could have come up with alone. It happens every time, every time. Yes, and also I, I like that you didn't succeed the first time, just like, as we said, you were like... Uh, found problems and you didn't just stop there. You 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 learned from these problems and then you you tried to to solve them and like get uh, get experience in your way. Yeah, I, like I really like this. And of course, having people there with you is always like not, I, I I would say it's a must actually because not everything you can do alone actually. Like I I would say this. Yes, having people that uh, are really there to help you will really motivate you and would really, uh, as you said, uh, uh, expose you to different angles you would have never thought of. And yeah, it really helps. 
Yusuf, again, I am simply amazed by your answers and, and your responses. Your future looks so bright, I'm going to have to put on sunglasses. <laughs> I want to thank you for joining us today. But before you leave, can you let the listener know, I think you probably garnered a few new fans. Let them know how they can get in touch with you. Okay, so I have a LinkedIn account that's called Yusuf Mahmoud. You can find me there. And also I have a Gmail that's called yusuf.mahmoud.tech at gmail.com. You can also message me there. I would really help you. And if you're, as I said, if you're like young and dreaming at being better than me, I would really help you. I, I'm not <laughs> kidding. I'm, I'm really waiting for some answers there. That is such the DNA of the ServiceNow ecosystem, is it not? I yeah. agree. When you learn something and you want to share it and make the whole community better. That yes, there's, there's no ego involved. It's terrific. Thank you once again, Yusuf, for your time. And thank you, wonderful listener, for joining us today. Don't forget to check out other ServiceNow podcasts. Yes, we have many, many others over at servicenow.com slash community. Check out the events menu or go to devlink.sn slash podcasts and you can find the whole catalog, as it were. Subscribe to any or all of them to get them automatically delivered to you for free. Who knows what other gems you're going to find besides this one. Breakpoint is brought to you by ServiceNow. Executive producer, well, that would be me, Chuck Tomasi. Video and captions by Earl Duque. Co-producer, Lauren McManaman. <laughs> right there, yep. She gives me a thumbs up on the screen. To find out more about ServiceNow Developer Program, head over to developer.servicenow.com. Once again, thank you so much, Yusuf. This has been a lot of fun. I'm sure we're going to have some fun in the future. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that. Please let us know what you think about this podcast. You can leave feedback or ask questions in the ServiceNow community. For more great information on ServiceNow development, check out the ServiceNow developer portal at developer.servicenow.com. Thanks for listening. I started the recording. I can't believe I'm like standing here with talking to like Chuck Dumas himself. Like, <laughs> I, I I sense a future MVP here, Lauren. What do you think? Yeah. Okay. Tell us a little about a little. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Can you cut this please out? I. You know, I love that question. We should make that part of the interview. Um. I didn't know. Well, thank you again, Mahmoud. <laughs> and there's a blooper. Okay, we'll strike that one. No, it's good. Uh, leave it there. Yeah, yeah. It's not, not bad. Yusuf, you may have just changed the format of this show. Sorry, I couldn't find the unmute button. <laughs> that's a little uh, that's a little bit of a blooper.